Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, where we discuss meaningful business topics to add value to your efforts. Titus Bartolotta is a certified business coach that's often hired for one-on-one coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, here's your host, Titus Bartolotta. Good morning. Welcome to, welcome to the program. Uh, you have made it to Solutions from the Huddle right here on ESPN Charlotte. Man, we are excited that you're with us. We know there's only two or three other shows on the planet you could be listening to, but we're grateful. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's so much for you to do, and you picked us. Thank you. Uh, I'm sitting here with the a most amazing co-host in all of radio, Mr. Chris Allison. Good morning, friend. Hi, Titus. Great to see you again, of course. Yeah. How's the 213 kids? Yeah. <laughs> No, everyone's still alive, everyone's man. Good, yeah. That's all. As long as the end of the night, everyone's in bed. Yeah, I did my job. That's <laughs> the way I look at it. Sleep. That's I love it. it. Chris, we got we got a really jam packed show today, so we're gonna um, move as quickly as we can because we got probably the best guest in the history of the show. So all the other guests that are gonna tune in and listen, uh, we're gonna get hate mail after they hear that. <laughs> but it's true, so they're gonna have to get over it. Um, here's the deal, though. We start the same way every time. We ask everyone to join us if they will. Uh, Lord, we give you glory and honor for all things. We ask that you'll bless the show, the guests, the sponsors, just everyone and thing involved. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Amen. So, Chris, we've got uh, Usama Young on the program today. Uh, and, and here's the deal. Uh, a former American football safety, he played college at Kent State University, was drafted by the New Orleans Saints in the third round of the 2007 NFL Draft. Uh, he also played for the Cleveland Browns, but he's got a huge, enormous Super Bowl ring uh, in his collection. Usama, good morning. Welcome to the program, my friend. Good morning. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thank you so much for making time. I know you're a busy man, and um, I want you to tell the story. I don't want to lead you in. And I mean, when you listen to the other show, I've got all these questions. I help the guests along. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't have to help you along. I, I want everyone to know, kind of tell us your story of of how you get through college, how you get to the NFL, and really the impact that you continue to make every day, even after uh, leaving the NFL. All right, you got some time, man. I heard you. <laughs> this is a four-hour show. No, I'm kidding. You, got, you better hurry up. We got 30 minutes. All right, All right. I'll rush through it. But uh, I'll take my time, but I'll rush through it. So so uh, starting off, I was born in D.C., and uh, I was born to parents that were all about servitude. So in D.C., a lot of folks often think about the Capitol, about the monument, the White House. Well, when I was coming up, my visits to the White House was all about serving the homeless. Mm. And I was five years old. I remember being charged with passing out the forks and and spoons and utensils to those that were in need of a meal. While my parents and the neighbors and the community put together these hot meals for the less fortunate. So wow. it might have been lasagna, it might have been spaghetti, it might have been soup, but that was instilled in me to help yeah. out others. And then we would go home and we wouldn't have a hot meal. My father would have to get in his cab mm. and he would have to drive around and pick up a few people and then he'll bring back some church's chicken, some, yeah. some KFC, some Popeyes. So immediately as a youngster, I didn't think about it, but as I got older, I said, wow, he would take care of others before he to- took care of himself That's and big. his family. That's big. So uh, as a high school athlete, I found myself in love with football, in love with baseball, in love with basketball, and uh, track as well. But those team sports, I, I was I was fortunate to be successful on because I always put the team first. Yeah. My coaches loved it. My, my, my teammates loved it. Yeah, it's attractive. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So going from, 
from Largo High School in Maryland, which wasn't a powerhouse, far from it, to Kent State, again, which wasn't a powerhouse, (laughs) and then being that underdog, I was used to it. I was used to being that guy that was overlooked, overshadowed, but my teammates and my coaches oftentimes said, hey, he's the guy you want on your team. And I always been that guy that whatever position is needed, I'm gonna play it. I went to college to play cornerback, I got injured throughout high school. I got injured. I wasn't sure where I was going to go, did you but I scared? made it. Did you get nervous when you get injured? Because I know with athletes, you get an injury and all of a sudden you think, oh, my God, all those practices, did they did they matter? Because now, you know, what was your mindset when you that, get hurt? That's a good That's a good thought process. I never thought about being nervous. Okay. But, but I always said, man, I worked so hard to get here. Yeah. And now I got this and I'm starting right back at ground zero. And it started in the ninth grade. I remember having a shoulder surgery, my second game, playing mm-hmm. JV football. Second game of the season, I'm out for the season. Then the 10th grade, I, I'm in the middle of the season and I bang my knee on the ground. The next thing you know, I got a ruptured, a ruptured, uh, what is it called? The, the thing, a ruptured bursa. Oh man! Uh, so my knee wasn't acting right. Then that that got infected, and I was out for the season again. And then in my junior year again, it just kept on happening. But it was one of those things that just built up my mental fortitude. It built yeah. up my 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 mindset to say, "Hey, look, I'm built for this. I'm yeah. going to be resilient. The guys are going to admire the way that I fight back." And yeah. constantly, over and over again, even when I got drafted, there were injuries that we got to bounce back from. There was different situations that you deal with adversity in and some people will bow out but uh, I think those nerves constantly forge stone in me yeah a lot you know a lot of people bow out you being real nice saying some people but a lot of people bow out a lot of people give up the truth is folks uh they get like right to the finish line they just don't run through the tape right I mean people stop right before they win on a regular basis right. and they complain about why they they have no victory they just needed to go five more feet, right. you know, but you didn't do that. And right. that's inspiring. That's really cool. So you, you go in for, for corner. At what point do you realize you're a safety and, you, and you're going to be knocking heads so, <laughs> in so, the backfield? So another, another quick story. Uh, ninth grade, I was a cornerback. But before all of that, I was an offensive player. I played running back. I played okay. wide receiver, kick returner. But ninth grade, I was, a, I was a cornerback, and I got hurt making a tackle. And I was like, dang, on. All right. This am I built for this? <laughs> yeah. I questioned it, but then I bounced back. And next thing you know, I'm the next year I'm starting at varsity at safety. Okay. And I'm playing safety against some bigger guys. I'm probably a buck sixty, but I'm just like, hey, my mindset is, hey, see the wall, run through it. Yeah. And uh by the time I got to my junior year, I got switched back to corner. I was a cover guy again. And then my senior year came up and I shined. I flourished at safety again. And I got recruited to play safety in college but that first day of one-on-ones freshman year yeah. i get switched again no. and and my head coach at the time dean pease he's the uh he was the d coordinator with the uh, who was it last the titans last okay and he's still there but he uh he said hey if you do make it to the next level you know you're going to be a safety like you're going to play corner for us but you're going to play safety <laughs> so i played corner throughout my four years at kent i got drafted as a corner played my first three years in the NFL as a corner. And then uh, Greg Williams, he calls me up to his office, office, Greg Williams, D coordinator. He says, uh, hey, uh, you're a good player. Your ceiling is at this level here at, at corner. Mm-hmm. But at safety, we feel like it would be levels higher. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I've always been a team player, and I didn't look back. I just called up Coach Pease and said, hey, uh, you were right. I'm a safety. <laughs> and the rest of my career, I've been a safety, man. Osama awesome. uh, Young joining us here. 7.30 the game, ESPN Charlotte. Played in the National Football League 2007 through 2014. Saints, Browns, Raiders. And, of course, one of those seasons, a Super Bowl winning season with the New Orleans Saints. And I know we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, when, when you're at Kent State, how difficult is it at a – now, what would be you know a non uh, a non FBS school, if you will? How, how difficult is it to be um, noticed to get the opportunity to be drafted in the third round of the NFL draft? I think I think I alluded to it in the first first section where I was in DC and I went to school in the suburbs, in Maryland, mm-hmm. and again we weren't we weren't on anybody's radar as someone that, you know, is producing major athletes. That right. D.C. area has been known for basketball for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you got some good athletes on in the NFL from there, more are flourishing now. But uh, at that time, I saw myself as a, as a product of an environment, or I say a, a small fish, or a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Kent State, it was the same thing. I had a chip on my shoulder. I felt like I... I probably I probably could have been to, at one of those FBS schools. I knew I sh- I knew I should have been. Mm-hmm. And when I when I carried myself on the field along with several of my teammates who eventually made it to the NFL, Julian Edelman, MVP, <laughs> uh Josh Cribbs, uh, perennial All-Pro bowler, uh James Harrison, uh <laughs> might have been an MVP okay. as well. Should have been in that Super Bowl. Right. But you've got guys from our from our team that you see are making it and you're like oh yeah I belong we belong but I think I think if you if you stand up or you play at a higher level only because you uh you're in front of big stadiums in front of a lot of people you're not going to thrive we'll play in front of 10 people at the rubber bowl in negative 20 degree weather and we go all out just because we love the game and that's how it's always been for me man you talk about Edelman who cut the throat of my chiefs <laughs> in the AFC Championship game, third down after third down after third down, saw you know saw it again in the Super Bowl. What, what did you see in him or learn from him collegiately? Uh, well, it's funny because he was a uh, he was a uh, two years behind me, and the years prior, Josh Cribbs was our quarterback mm-hmm. and uh, the hardest worker I've ever seen. He grew up in the same area as me, so I was watching him throughout. My 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 younger years, he played with my older brothers, and then we get to Kent State, and I see the next in line, and Julian being a, a, a athletic quarterback, he could throw the ball, he could run the ball, he 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 actually worked out with the defensive backs. I don't know too many quarterbacks <laughs> that would say, you know what, I'm going to run drills with the DBs, and I'm biasing this, saying that DBs are the best athletes on the field. <laughs> there you go. But. But when Julian would get out there, we would beat him every time. Yeah. But the mindset that he had was, hey, look, I'm going to get these guys once. I'm going to get them once. And sure enough, he would. In the weight room, he he didn't do the typical quarterback routine. He did the DB routine. He, yeah. did, he did what he felt was going to prepare him for football. Yeah. And I think that mindset is something I wouldn't say I learned from, but I took it as this little guy here, he's going to be special, and he's showing it every day. No matter what he says verbally, man, his actions are speaking way louder. We talk a lot on this show about leadership. Um, it's a big deal. You know, I tell a lot of folks when they, when they say, what's the show about? You know, it is on ESPN, but we talk about life and business topics. And the truth of the matter is, is football, any, any sport, is a business too. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't bring in communication skills and mindset skills and leadership skills on any field or court, 
uh, you're going to find yourself on a bench, not playing in the game, right? So tell me a little bit about how leadership, for all the business owners listening, for all the folks that are are trying to win a Super Bowl in their plumbing company, they're trying to win a Super Bowl in their r- retail store, right? How how important is leadership throughout every level? Is there ever a time where leadership gets to take a break, right? Tell me a little bit about leadership, how you saw that propel your success in football. One thing I'll say, and some may disagree with me on this, is uh, leaders, leaders, in leadership, it never sleeps. Yeah. Leadership, you're always on. Leaders are always on. Leaders can't turn it off and on because everyone's watching. Yeah. You know, and and I've been in that <laughs> I've been in that place before as as a football player, you know, you want to say that hey, I'm not a role model. I'm here to play the game, but then you think of the bigger picture and you think of the millions that are watching you on a regular basis and who's actually saying, you know what, I want to be like him when I get older. Or, you know what, this this adult is saying, man, that work ethic is what I need to have. And some guys will slip. Some guys – I'm not saying that you won't make a mistake being a leader. Sure. But you got to understand that when you step into that realm and you're the CEO of your company, you're the captain of your team, you're the head football coach, everybody's watching. And when you do slip up, that opens the door – for other folks to follow suit. Yeah. Now, when I think of myself being a leader at, on the football field, I'll say that so many of those traits that I had in terms of being resilient and being uh, strong-minded and being opinionated yeah. and being uh, being uh, assertive, yeah. those all translate to, to where I am, where I'll find myself professionally at the league office now in player engagement and saying, hey, we got some young guys that are going to use these same transferable skills on the football field and be the next CEO, mm. whether it's it's in their home, whether it's uh, starting up their own business, whether it's uh, going online, going on air, and being being in the seats that you guys are filling, you're yeah. going to be your own CEO. So you got to go in with the same type of work ethic that you had as a player into the professional realm. Mm. Everyone's watching. Everyone's listening. Leadership doesn't go to sleep. We're not going to sleep, but we are going to take a quick break. Tell all the sponsors how much we love them. Don't go nowhere. You're listening to Solutions from the Huddle right here on ESPN Charlotte. Hi, Titus Bertolotta here from Collaborative Solutions Group, inviting you to join our program that focuses on personal development and business growth. Eight topics from leadership, communication, mindset, sales, and more. Get the details by visiting team-csg.com. Limited space, visit team-csg.com. Looking for a fun team-building event that helps to reduce stress and get everyone on the same page? Consider booking Mobile Smash Rooms for your next corporate event. Imagine a space that is designed for you to swing a tool of your choice and smash your stress away while being fully entertained. Learn more by calling 980-999-4119 or visiting mobilesmashrooms.com and say goodbye to stress. That's mobilesmashrooms.com. All right, and we're back. Thank you so much to each and every listener. We are uh, talking to Usama Young, uh, former football player for uh, the Saints, the Cleveland Browns, the Raiders, uh, Super Bowl champion. We just got done listening to how leadership doesn't sleep. It doesn't pause. It doesn't take a timeout. Um, it is always on, and people are always watching. 
Uh, we're back. And really what I want to talk about is uh, so many cool things with the player engagement, community involvement. Chris, I know you've got a question, so I'll turn it over to Chris Allison. Yeah, I'll, I'll be more on the football side, I'm sure, and, and I'll let you take leadership. Um, but, it, no, it's pretty cool. Like, um, you know, I printed out off of uh, Usama's Wikipedia page uh, about two pages of information on him, and, and it's got a picture in the upper right-hand corner. And when you saw that picture, that memory had to come back immediately to you. But this is this is a picture of the parade after winning a Super Bowl. When you see that picture and those beads wrapped around your neck in New Orleans, <laughs> uh, what comes to mind? Man, I know you got a sound guy here, so <laughs> I'm going to let it out, and the sound guy can do what he does. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, yes. I love it. Yes. I love it. That – <laughs> that, that's 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 what goes through my that's mind, so awesome. man. That's what goes through my mind. And uh, the Super Bowl was uh, something that, of course, we worked hard for yeah. being being members of the Saints and that organization from top down. Tom Benson, rest in peace. Gail Benson, uh, Rita Benson, Coach Payton, man, so many of them put in – hard work to build that team and uplift that city. And uh, I spoke to Mickey Loomis, the GM, who's currently serving as a GM, and I talked to several of the guys before this past championship game, mm -hmm. and we celebrated that team. And I still know the 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 defensive backs coach, who's now the D coordinator, Dennis Allen, Aaron Glenn, who's the DB coach now, and several of the players on that team, starting with Drew Brees, who built that thing, who who it was built around, centered around, yeah. and we celebrated like no other throughout. But it was even more of a celebration when we won that championship game in the Superdome and looked up in the stands and saw all those people that were just embracing one another yeah. who had been through tragedy yeah. and uh to be able to bring a city together mm. through football it was amazing man it yeah amazing. absolutely awesome how does that moment inspire you to do what you're doing today i mean you're involved in player engagement you're watching young folks that haven't tasted that success yet but but they want it right or in some cases maybe they want things that aren't aligned with that maybe they want money and fame and, and not teamwork and hard work and ethic and leadership and, and, and championships. How do you, how do you go into those situations and really be a role model for the folks that are gearing up every day so that they make the kind of decisions and be the kind of leader that leads to the results that you've enjoyed? Man, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's another, that's another question I could spend a long time with, but, uh, I feel like I've been called to do this work. And it started at that young age, you know, when I first came out and I saw my parents leading. I saw my yeah. parents instilling those values in, in their children. As a player, I made sure, even in my second year, I think my second and third year, we had Tracy Porter and Malcolm Jenkins were the next in line. They, they drafted those guys to take my position, which they eventually did. But I said, any work I do in the community, I want you guys to come along. Mm -hmm. And we called out I, – I, I, I tabbed it. DBs giving back because usually, usually defensive backs we take away. But I said the DBs are going to give back. So That's every cool. time we went out to schools, I said, Yo, "You guys got to come along." Hey, Patrick Robinson was a work was a rookie at the time. You guys, you got to come with us too. So those guys came along, and it was it was infectious, you know. And 
I, I saw guys in the locker room like a Drew Brees, guys in the locker room like a Marcus Colston. Like these guys were leading as well. So I said, you know what? Why not? Why not build out even more of a of a of a of a strong nucleus yeah. and and make our circumference even greater. Mm. So we we were able to. Well, I'm writing so, that down. We, we were good. able to we were able to circle about and and do yeah. even more in the community and serve and show how many how, how important it was to us. Yeah. And now I'm in the space removed from the game and I'm able to call up a a guy who's currently on the roster, a, a Craig Robertson, who's now a leader in that locker room and say, Hey, man, you got some young cats that I see great potential in. They got to do something this offseason that's going to be big in the community, but that's also going to edify themselves. That's yeah. that's going to that's going to be something that that impacts them way, way further than what their NFL career did currently. Yeah. So so me being in this player engagement space, I often say, hey, offseason time. Yeah, you want to work out. You want to spend time with the family, but you also got to do something that's going to prepare you for life after ball. That's yeah. where the personal finance boot camp comes in. That's where yeah. the business academy comes comes in that's where broadcast academy broadcast boot camp comes in that's when the speakers bureau comes in it's so many different programs that we offer at the nfl but now i'm like hey this is this is a side note for me yeah but it's something that's that's important for them to get 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 prepared for yeah i mean you said leadership doesn't sleep so when that career is over uh you still got to lead you still got to lead your life your finances everything you talked about your family um Tell me a little bit about the the philanthropic work that you do. Um, I got to see it firsthand. Uh, you know, anyone that listens to the show or knows me knows you want to get to my heart. That's how you do it. Is show me that you're a servant leader. I think about folks like Dr. King and, and Mother Teresa and Gandhi and some of the biggest names that we see as influencers in the world. They all were servant leaders, right? And I saw that in you uh, at a charity event, what a couple months ago. Tell everybody a little bit about how important it is to keep being that kid that was taught to make hot meals and pass them out. Now you're a grown man doing that. Tell us a bit about that in the community. Man, I'm I'm actually a little late on reading this book, but I'm in the middle of reading Servant Leader. Yeah. Tony Dungy. Yep. Man, and it speaks to me on on levels like no other. So when I was playing the game, I said, you know what? I still haven't gotten my degree. Mom and pops need me to get well want me to get my degree. Yeah. Let me go back while I'm playing. So again, I can I can lead. Yeah. And at the same time, these kids could see, all right, football isn't everything. Yeah. Then while I was doing that, I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and start up a youth foundation. Let me put a name to all these community events and uh and and things that I'm doing to serve. And I, I tabbed at the Usama Young Youth Foundation. Yeah. It was so creative. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but 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 we stuck with that for a number of years. And then once I was about to end my career, I said, man, we get, we gotta change this. All these kids that we're impacting in the Usama Young Youth Foundation through through sports, through education, taking them on college tours from Dillard. Uh, New Orleans, Tulane, uh, University of Maryland, Howard, Towson, Virginia, Virginia State, wow. all these to wow. all these places I'm taking these kids. Let's go. Every time I go somewhere with them, I'm telling them, believe in you. Believe yeah. in you. Believe in you. We believe in you. I believe in you. And and I'm seeing the the their eyes light up like, hey, this dude really does think yeah. that I can achieve something Genuine. greater. Yeah. This dude really does believe in me. And I said, hey. 
let's change this name. Let me talk to my folks and say, believe in you is what we should go with. And it's a play on words where yeah. my name is you, yeah, you know? Absolutely. So so it was it was just a cool fit, but we're continuing to serve, continuing to instill greater things in these youth. And uh, that's been the movement, man, just impacting our cities, impacting our communities in a positive way through believe in you and supporting guys guys like yourself who are sure. doing things in the community and yeah. if they got something that's of a worthy cause let's get it let's bring yeah. out let's come out in numbers because there's strength in numbers you know what impacts me is and i think you know when we hear the song we are the world and people think kids are our future i mean you get all emotional but but sometimes that emotion fades and we forget how it's actually a real thing you know, I've had the pleasure to watch nine-year-olds after a charity event. In fact, that day, I was the hype man at this event, and I was getting the kids hyped up before they did their their uh, course run. But I, some of those kids will come up to you afterwards and say, man, this was the best day of my entire life ever. Yes. And, and you know, being one of those kids, being somebody who dealt with poverty and homelessness and all that, and, and remembering when someone like an Usama Young said, hey, you matter. Remembering when someone said, you look hungry, here's a sandwich. People don't realize that when a seed of love gets planted and wa and it's watered, that thing grows into a tree that gets to be bigger than that person's problems. And if they're strong-willed enough, uh, they might climb up that tree to get out of their situation. And so, you know, is there a particular story as we're coming towards the back here of our show of a child's life where they came up to you and they said, Man, this is the best day of my life ever. And they weren't lying. You know what I mean? Like a nine-year-old's not BSing when they tell you this. I'm never going to forget today because you invested in me. Well, I've had thousands of kids say that. So, yeah. no, nah, I'm, I'm joking, man. I'm joking. No, ser 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 seriously, man. I won't, I won't specifically say one that came up and said, you did this. You yeah. did that. But just recently about three or four of my mentees have reached out to me and talked about their professional experience or how much of an impact my first camp made for them in 2009. Yeah. Wow. And I say, wow, that was 10 years ago. Wow. And this kid was 11 years old at that time. Now he's 21 and he's graduating college. Yeah. And he's man. going awesome. on to get his MBA. Yeah. Or he's thinking about going into law school. Or wow. he's working at Morgan Stanley. So I've gotten a few calls recently that really put it in perspective for me. Like, wow, we've been doing this for a good period of time. And yeah. we've been we've been impacting these youth that are now our leaders yeah. in, a, in a positive way. And that that speaks to me. And to hear you say that, I know I know the feeling because, yeah. you know, they're like, yeah, right, man. You, you're going to forget all about this. But wow. later on down the line, it's been shown. It's been evident. Like, hey, nah, They man. grow up. Yes, indeed. They grow up. Indeed. They become the leaders, like you said. Mm -hmm. And so as, again, I'm going to say, um, as a current leader in our community who does this all the time and as a kid who experienced it firsthand, thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for the leadership that you uh, daily demonstrate. Thank you for being someone that lets folks know that they matter. Um, we need more of that because these kids grow up. They grow up and become bosses. They grow up and become leaders. You know, some of the times when I listen to people complain about their circumstances and situations because they have a poor leader, um, I think to myself, either that person didn't get that seed when they were a kid 
uh, where they squandered it. They didn't climb up that tree. But the point is these kids grow up. They become what we live with today and tomorrow. And they're better because of folks like you. You like how I did the you? Uh, I, <laughs> uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Chris and I appreciate you. The show appreciates you. Yeah. Can I say thank you? Yeah. I want to thank you for giving guys like myself uh, a platform. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, we have our platform playing the game. But a lot of times folks don't want to hear about what guys are doing off the field. Then when they do, it humanizes us. It lets yeah. them know, hey, this dude isn't just a football player. Yeah. This dude cares about people. He has a family. Yeah, I got a baby girl. Yeah. Baby nice. boy coming. There you go. Congrats. So, uh, so thank you. Thank you all for having me, man. It's been a yeah. pleasure. That's all my young here on ESP in Charlotte. And I'll just end with this. We're, how lucky are we in Charlotte to, you know, Osama didn't grow up here. He grew up in D.C., played with the New Orleans Saints and, you know, Cleveland and Oakland, didn't play for the Carolina Panthers. But yet at some point, he said about eight years ago, he said, I'm going to live in Charlotte. Yeah. And we've got a lot of former NFL players, some that never played here that have done the same thing, man. And, and, and then you take it and you do something with it. So cool. So yeah. glad to have you. Hey, thanks for opening Thank up the you. door. Let All me... right. Yeah. Good don't, stuff. Don't you dare not tune in every Saturday, <laughs> 1030 AM. We'll see you next time. Titus Bartolotta is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and community leader in Charlotte, and now an author of a dynamic book entitled The Master Within. This book was designed to motivate, energize, and educate. Learn how to paint with brush strokes of brilliance when you discover how to release the master living inside yourself. The Master Within makes a great gift for family, co-workers, and anyone searching for personal development. Again, the book is entitled The Master Within by Titus Bartolotta, and it's available anywhere books are sold, including Amazon.com. Hey, business coach Titus Bartolotta here. Want to move the needle in your company and get the kind of exposure it takes to generate real business? Reach out to ESPN Charlotte today. Email Director of Sales Chris Allison at chris at ESPN730.com. That's chris at ESPN730.com. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here, your host for Solutions from the Huddle. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in today. And if you want to stay involved and engaged in the show, we just ask that you come back every Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. right here on ESPN Charlotte The Game 7.30. If you want to listen to the show on demand, be sure to check out ESPNCharlotte.net or team-csg.com where we podcast the show so that you can listen to it on demand. Thanks again for your support. We hope you come back.